if you show up in masculine energy all the time, your partner is either going to fight you all the time for that position or just show up in yin or feminine energy. And then you don't have respect for him. He just sort of seems like he doesn't really know what he stands for. He doesn't keep his word or whatever, right? So it was a huge gift to our marriage for me to find my feminine energy and bring it forward. And it just is like a permission. It felt so good. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I hope you are enjoying this beautiful autumn season, no matter where you are in this wonderful world. Some of us have leaves falling around us, and some of us have coconuts falling around us. Hopefully just not on your head. That would be awful. (laughs) Autumn has always been my favorite season. For one, it's cooler, and that definitely helps with my hot flashes. That's always a plus. (laughs) Second, autumn is a great time of year to wind it down and to also wind it up. You can wrap up some old projects for 2022 and gear up for new projects in 2023. You can close some old creaky doors so you can open new and exciting doors. It's also a quieter and more peaceful time of year, and that allows you time to ponder and prepare for the upcoming year. I can't wait to share with you the doors opening for me in 2023. The cool thing is that the doors opening for me also opens the doors for you. Because the more that I learn, evolve, and grow, I'm able to help you do the same. I hope so. That's always my intention and goal. I hope that today's episode helps you to learn, evolve, and grow. If you really listen closely to what our guest has to say and hopefully apply it in your life, then I believe it will make a huge difference in your relationships, your sex life, career, well-being, and more. We talked about a variety of topics, but majority of our conversation was about creating harmony with our masculine and feminine energies. Whether you are male or female, you have both energies. You'll discover the beauty of creating rhythm with the dance of your masculine and feminine energies. It's a beautiful thing. I personally love this conversation with our guest today in so many ways. I I think what I loved most was that she was so authentic and vulnerable. She shared the dark moments of her life with such bravery and honesty. 
Plus, she shared how she pulled herself out of those dark, scary moments, which helped her to become the beautiful woman that she is today. I admire her determination to overcome some incredible challenges in her life with such grit and grace. She is a warrior for sure. Before I introduce you to this Wonder Woman, a few reminders to check out the following. Number one, themidlifenews.com. Sign up for the Midlife News to receive insider alerts on new episodes, live shows, free workshops, and special offers. Number two, themidlifemakeoverclub.com. It's our private Facebook community for all things related to midlife. You will receive episode updates, interview clips of the show, and basically anything to help you live, love, and laugh through midlife. And finally, number three, midlifemakeovermethod.com. This is my four-week self-study online course where I teach you how to break free from the cycle of monotony. You'll be able to jumpstart your midlife makeover with clarity, courage, and confidence. Oh, yeah. And now for today's guest, Melissa Keenan. She is the go-to intuitive intimacy expert for the top 1% who helps high-powered female CEOs use their feminine energy as a 10X growth strategy. She is CEO, a keynote speaker, an international and USA Today bestselling author, and host of the Chronicles of the High-Powered Female CEO interview series. After investing nearly $200,000 in certifications and training, plus overcoming traumatic relationship experiences, Melissa understands the female CEO feeling trapped in the masculine. She helps her gain time freedom, intimacy, and fulfillment without losing momentum. Melissa enjoys dancing, me too, singing, working, and praying at her hobby ranch in northern Nevada, where she lives with her husband, CJ, and their four children. Please welcome Melissa to the show. Enjoy. Melissa Keenan, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I am so happy that you are here, and I would love to hear a little bit more about what you do, and most importantly, why you do what you do. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm an intimacy expert and I serve business owners and the top 2% with intimacy and mastering their masculine and feminine energy. And I do this because I have a history of a lack of intimacy in my life, like not feeling that closeness or connection probably for the first 28 years of my life um, in large part. And then uh, also being very out of balance in my masculine energy, thinking that that's how I needed to approach the world to survive. So after having gone through school of hard knocks um, in my own marriage and in my own journey with my business, I realized I needed to help share this with other women and couples and even men. So that's what I do. That's why I do it. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, I love it. So listen, so uh, last night, actually, I think I was telling you I have a new puppy. And uh, she decided she needed to go out at 2.30 in the morning last night. And so when I got back, I just could not fall back to sleep. And so I was like, oh, I was like, I have an interview today. I'll go ahead and check out Melissa, you know? So I pulled up your website. Even though I had looked at it before, I did not look at your about page. 
And I must say, I was reading, I kept reading. I was like, oh my gosh. And listening, reading your story was just so, so amazing. And I, I, I know I probably sound like a mother when I say this, but I'm so proud of you for what you went through, your journey, and how you did use some of that masculine energy to pull out of those things to get you to where you are right now. So if you don't mind sharing, tell everyone a little bit about like what you went through and how you got here. Yeah. So my story probably starts actually with my female, well, both my male and female ancestors, because there was so much, um, the women were so oppressed and they were really mistreated and the men were super misguided and making a lot of horrible choices. Like, pretty much every horrible thing that you can think of that can happen to a person in their mortal journey of life happened in, you know, just the few generations back, um, and, and down. And so, uh, when I was old enough to really like understand that I could see that there was still a clear, um, disadvantage and that kind of, uh, I think that kind of has been in me, you know, from the beginning of like, no, I'm going to live my life like the God given way, like the way that I was intended to live my life and hold nothing back. And, um, and then I was born into really difficult circumstances. My, um, parents both struggled with drugs. My, um, you know, there was adultery, there was abuse, there was, I had to call the cops on my parents a couple of times and, um, and it, yeah, it was a lot. And eventually my dad won custody of me, um, which, you know, that means things were really bad because they yeah. don't take kids from their mothers, yeah. but my dad won full custody of me. And, uh, about two weeks later, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even say it without still getting choked up. I yeah, was, it's okay. it was you know, yeah. 22 years ago and yet it's still like, um, it, there's still, it's, it's like what they say, grief never goes away. You just get more used to carrying it. And that's just so true. So my dad was my best friend. And even though he was totally making lots of bad choices, he treated me like a princess. We had such a good relationship. And so he did, he died three months later and I had to go live with my aunt and uncle. And, um, that experience was really difficult because they were so kind to take me in, but they, they were older and they didn't really want another daughter. They thought that my mom was going to like pull herself together and take me back eventually, but she didn't. So I was more of kind of like living in a boarding house, like never really had my own space or place or territory to call my own. And, um, definitely didn't have the kind of emotional like connection and support that I needed to handle the literal upheaval of everything that I knew and was familiar with. So that's my whole upbringing. Um, I, then I, you know, I, I, uh, got into college, I met my sweetheart and we got married right away and we uh, decided to have children right away, which, which was a big, uh, surprise to me, but I was determined to follow my heart and follow what I felt like God was guiding us to do. And then pretty much as soon as I had her is, uh, I, I was like, holy crap. Like, 
my heart is now running around outside of me. And, um, you know, they called it P, uh, uh, post-traumatic, um, sorry, not post-traumatic. I did get diagnosed with PTSD yes. later, but, um, postpartum, that's postpartum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but really what it was, was tons of unresolved trauma. You know, I'm just thinking, oh, I'm an adult now and all that stuff is in my past, but it wasn't. And so, um, and so in my marriage, I just was so micromanaging and controlling and I was just terrified. Like Mm -hmm. the truth is I was terrified. And so, you know, even if my husband did something like said he would take out the garbage, but didn't, I was like, beside myself. Like Mm. I can't depend on him. He's not reliable. What have I done? I'm going to repeat the patterns of my ancestors and I'm going to ruin this kid's life. Like my life was so hard. My childhood was so hard. And so, um, but, but about five years into our marriage, my husband ended up letting me know that he had had a secret addiction for the first Mm. five years of our marriage that I literally knew nothing about. And at first I was really supportive and like, it's okay. We're going to get through this. And, you know, I was like that about it. But then um, it about eight months went by and it started to occur to me, like my rosy colored glasses started to come off. Like, wait, this means he's lied a lot. This means like his whereabouts, his actions, all these things. And it really affected our relationship in a really intimate way. And so um, I asked my husband to move out and we were separated for six months. And That really was the period that um, I started to finally wake up to myself. Mm. It's so crazy now because I'm like so grateful for all the journey that we've been on. But at the time, I call that six months, basically the six months I cried on the bathroom floor because it feels like that's all I did. And at that point, we had three babies, um, four, Mm. two, and uh, two months old, all of them still in diapers in some capacity. And now I'm like a single mom. (laughs) I'm like, what am I doing? What have I done with my life, you know? And, um, but I, I got this determination at that time that like, no matter what other people did around me or what other people wanted from me or whatever, it didn't matter. My like sole purpose on the planet was to experience happiness and fulfillment. And I was going to do whatever it took to experience that, Mm -hmm. which was probably the greatest gift. I also could have given my husband, you know, to get out of his business and just get into my own business, you know? And so, um, it was very rocky. Even after he moved back in, it was probably another two and a half years of like both of us wondering if this marriage was going to work or not, you know, just difficulty and work and, you know, every tool and therapy and thing that you could possibly think of. But I remember um, probably about 2018, no, a little before that, like 2016, looking over at him one day and going like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't know connection could feel like this. I didn't know that it could be this amazing. And um and just being like, oh my gosh, other people need to know. <laughs> like, I've never seen this before. Recognizing that, you know, in my family and stuff, there it like they weren't, everybody was had so much brokenness that they carried with them that they weren't able to really connect with me the way they wanted to as their daughter or as their, you know, um, family member or whatever. They couldn't connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And so um, so that was where, you know my passion really was born from, uh, for doing this work. It's like, 
like the the relationship that my husband and I have now, we would often say it would have been easier probably to just get divorced and like just wipe the slate clean. But instead we had to sit there and go like on both sides, like, yeah, when you did this and this and this and this, this is how that affected me. And both of us having to do that and like the tears and the, oh my gosh, it was hard. And now I'm like, oh, that was so worth it. So what we have is so precious and so sweet. And now we have four kids and, um, and, you know, and I've got my thriving business and he's got a side business and a thriving career. And, um, and he, he also coaches people from time to time. And it just feels so good that we've done, we've done what it took to get to that. Yeah. I was going to say, that's what I admire so much is that you've done it. It's not like, oh, it's all fluffy talk and <laughs> you actually did it. So what, do you remember the time when it really shifted for you, for yourself individually? Well, um, I had a big aha, um, the, the, you know, crying on the bathroom floor, that was definitely like my refiner's fire for sure. But, but it, it brought me to a place of humility where I was finally open enough to, um, really look at myself and how I was contributing to my own misery. Um, you know, despite the fact that my husband has an addiction and he certainly contributed to my misery as well, but like really looking at myself. But I remember, um, uh, I, I was, I became super open to anything that might feel like it would bring me more peace. And I didn't grow up with any alternative, anything, right? Like I didn't even know what life coaching was. I didn't know what energy healing was, any of this kind of stuff. And I had a friend who was, uh, reached out to me and said, I'm doing some energy healing stuff. And I think you might really benefit from it. So I was like, I'll try it, whatever, you know? <laughs> and one day she said, I see this, um, angel pacing over you and she's like wringing her hands. She's super worried about you. And her name was Valley Spirit. And she's one of the um, main, I might explain it wrong because I'm not a Taoist, but yeah. in <laughs> uh, philosophy, she's one like a deity or like a, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spirit of some sort. And her name is Valley Spirit. And um and she represents yin or feminine energy. And why she was so worried about me was because I was so out of balance in my masculine energy. Well, I had no idea what on earth we were talking about. I'm like yeah. masculine energy, like, you know, and I, because, and I get this all the time from people, like, you know, I'll have people reach out to me and say, I do wish I painted my nails more often. And I'm like, that's not what we're talking about at all. <laughs> You know, um, but but even me, I was like, I'm super like girly, girly. I'm feminine. Yeah. What is, what are you talking about? But I I went on a study to begin really learning about this, and I really it took me a couple years. Like there was one book that was recommended to me, and I got a couple pages in, and then I chucked it across the room. It's like I hate this stuff. I I was so. Um, feminist minded, not even really realizing that I was, but so feminist minded that I was like, this feminine energy stuff is trying to like take away my power. It's trying to like make me weak and everything about feminine energy and my whole upbringing did feel like weakness. It felt like the softness, the, um, like you had to have, 
Yeah. Yeah. I had to be tough and I did. Um, you know, and even my uncle, uh, growing up, cause I lived on a ranch when I lived with my aunt and uncle and he would slap me on the back as hard as he could and say, good man, whenever I did something that he approved of. So like, literally that was like drilled into me. It was like, yeah, look girly on the outside, but on the inside, like don't mess with me. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so what the result was, was me keeping everybody like at fingers, uh, reach, you know, don't get too close to me. And, and so learning about that, that was where I was like, oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. In the beginning, again, thinking it was trying to put me in a box. What I realized was it was actually inviting me to meet. Oh, look at this little puppy. Sorry. Maybe she'll stay quiet if I hold her. (laughs) I couldn't hear her. (laughs) Um, Just have to be in the interview. Yep. (laughs) Sorry. So I I went from thinking that this was trying to put me into a box to realizing it was it was asking me to meet a part of myself that I had never given permission for at the table. And that's when it really started to feel just so good. And we really needed that in our partnership too with my husband. If you show up in masculine energy all the time, your partner is either going to fight you all the time for that position or just show up in yin or feminine energy. And then you don't have respect for him. He just sort of seems like he doesn't really know what he stands for. He doesn't keep his word or whatever, right? So it was a huge gift to our marriage for me to find my feminine energy and bring it forward. And it just is like a permission. It felt so good. Yeah. And you know what? I can totally relate because um, I've been, I've gone through quite a bit in my childhood as well. And then um, being a single mom and I had to use a ton of masculine energy just to survive. Just to be able to like, okay, I've got to go do this and go do that. And there was not like feminine energy. Like, no, I don't have time for that right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then just like you, it caught up with me because what happened is, is that when I got into my intimate relationships, I had way too much masculine energy. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't even give myself permission to be more feminine because mm-hmm. I didn't think that I could, that if I if I backed down a little bit, I felt like that if I was being more feminine, I was backing down and then I would be taken advantage of, or I would be left or whatever. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I can, I can totally relate. So how does one gain or utilize more of your feminine energy? Well, um, and I really appreciate that question. The I hear people now, this is sort of like trending, right? People are talking about masculine and feminine energy a lot more now than they ever have. Um, but, but, and we need to know about it intellectually before we could ever uh, seek to really embody it. But what I find is a lot of times we know about it, then we just get stuck in our head about it. So, um, so 
you know about it. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to go rest. For instance, I'm going to go, I'm going to give myself permission to just kick my feet up. And then the minute that you sit down on the couch, all you can think about is all the things that you should be doing or the repercussions of not doing all the things you're supposed to be doing. And like, you're just going through the to-do list in your mind and feeling you don't actually rest. Even if your body is physically resting, you're inside, not actually resting. And it's this tug of war. So then when you're overdoing it and you're like, you know, I know I should slow down. I know I should just stop everything right now and pick it up again tomorrow and take a break or whatever, that you, again, you're having this mental battle all the time. And so, um, so I would say that it's really less about like figuring out the traits and like, you know, making sure there's an equal balance that's all in your head. It's more about listening within. Yeah. So the way that I help my clients really access their feminine energy is simply by noticing, first of all, when you're feeling discomfort, like mm -hmm. uh, you have some emotion that's coming up and just taking a moment to pause and feel it in your physical body because mm -hmm. we feel everything with our body, but we don't take the time to recognize that like, oh, this sadness, I feel it in my throat or this right. anger. Like I feel a tightness and a heat in my stomach. And, but when you take the time to actually feel it and go into your body, see from mm. the neck down is our feminine energy. Right. When you take mm. that time to be in your body, really that is the first key to, yeah. to actually accessing and just being embodied in your feminine energy. It's going inward rather than going outward, doing research on Google about your problem or looking to the expert, <laughs> right? Or hiring yeah. somebody for a new system that you need mm -hmm. or a new, right? Like it's, um, it's just about going within. Yeah. And you know what too, I mean, even just the word alone energy, it's energy you can't necessarily see. It's something that has to be felt. And I think that's why it's so important. Like you said, you just have to really tap in. And I feel for me, once I had, I had gone through a similar type of breakdown. And of course, on the other side of that was a breakthrough. And a lot of that was tapping more into my feminine energy, giving myself permission to not have to be, I'm going to say, I have to take care of everything all the time. And I always have to do this and da, like, you know, what? maybe I will allow someone to take care of me. Maybe I will allow myself to even take care of me. Right. So mm -hmm. I feel like things really started to flow for me in my life after I made that connection. And once I got more tapped into my feminine goddess, if you will, that's when everything really started to just flow. It was wild. So I know one of the things that you do is like helping, especially women that are, you know, full-time careers and, and, you know, how, how does one, how, you know, how can you have both to where you can be, you know, that feminine goddess, you can be strong, you can step onto the stage and talk to 500 people, you can have a big time career and still be that sweet feminine, you know, have that sweet feminine energy mm -hmm. within you. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's actually, it's, since it's about embodiment, it's not about like doing something else or, mm -hmm. you know, adding more things to your life. It's about like who you are being. Um, yeah. The masculine is all about doing. The feminine is really just about who you're being. So, so weaving in practices like feeling your feelings throughout your day to day mm -hmm. and things like um, tapping into your desires, 
and uh, pursuing those. And uh, also being in a space where you're open and receptive to getting what you desire. You're in that like kind of anticipatory state all the time. Being in tune with your senses, um, really that is sensuality. So Mm -hmm. actually accessing your own sensuality, it's like just taking the the three seconds that it takes to become conscious as you eat the food that you're eating in the middle of the day or, you know, or, or as you feel the sunshine shining on your face as you're driving in your car or, um, you know, mindfulness and things like that. It's, it's really just that embodied state. And then I love the imagery of like a dance. So so what in a marriage, right? Like how beautiful is it to think that our souls are like intertwined and there's this dance of masculine and feminine, masculine and feminine, but we also have that same like masculine and feminine dancing inside of us. Mm-hmm. And it's great to think like where we get, where we get all mixed up in ourselves and we get um, angry and resentful and we start to feel overwhelmed and unfulfilled is that we think we have to be in that masculine all the time. Mm -hmm. But how great when you have a position of leadership out in the world, serving in your community, and you know you're an excellent leader and people look to you and that's great. And then you have a place and space at home where you can just kick off your shoes Mm -hmm. and you can just be. And your children don't want you to be their dictator and your husband okay. doesn't want you to be his mother and be that <laughs> yeah. masker, right? Yeah. Um, but it was it was really hard in my marriage. And I hear this a lot from women where, you know, if they're still in a partnership, they'll be like, yeah, but like, what do I do if my husband doesn't actually step up and take the leadership? Mm. And it's true. Like, we have to wait. We have to be patient. And especially if they've been used to us stepping in and doing everything, like they're unconsciously thinking like, why would I do it? Because I know she's going to do it. And even if I do do it, she's going to go back and do it over again and tell me I did it wrong or whatever. Right. (laughs) So we've got, that's where our practice really is. Like pay attention to what brings you joy and get all about that instead of being all about like micromanaging at home. And at home, is that beautiful space where you do get to be in that flow. And in the workplace, there are more more opportunities to bring that in now too, because I think because of COVID, you know, it really changed the way that we are looking at how our workplace environments and like how we're doing our careers. And so the women that I work with, some of the changes that they'll make is they'll usually always hire new people to help support in ways where they realize, oh yeah, I still have been doing this thing and I don't have to, and I don't like it. So they'll hire, maybe it'll be a housekeeper or, you know, maybe it's just to run some certain system in their business that they just don't like, it doesn't light them up. That doesn't keep them in their creativity and in their zone of genius. Um, and then they treat their employees. There's a kind of a change that happens as she changes, especially if she's a business owner, like she's the heart and soul of the company. So if she changes, then there's this change in how the environment feels. So usually the employees start to become more enthusiastic about the company and the mission itself because they feel more valued. And now they're actually having more responsibility because she's not stepping on anybody's toes. She's not right. going back over and doing people's work over again or whatever. Like she, they're, they feel more autonomy. So um, it's, it's really a cool way to, to live. Yeah, I love that analogy that you said earlier about having that dance that's within you of that masculine and feminine. And 
it, I mean, it's been, it was a few years ago when I was kind of introduced, I guess, if you will, to that concept, just like you were too. Like, what do you mean feminine energy? Of course I have feminine energy. Like, wait a minute, maybe it's been squished a little bit, but now I kind of feel for me personally, I'm more in tune with it. So then I know that there's even, you know, by the end of the day, I'm like, we, I've been using up a lot of my masculine energy. Let's, let's let, let that rest a little bit, you know? And like you said too, even that dance that with your partner of the masculine feminine, you're used to that for so long. So you can't expect like, if all of a sudden you start to tap more into your feminine energy, that dance has been going on for a long time. So you got to give it a chance to, to change yep. a bit. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so how do you still, do you still get triggered? Like within your relationship and within yourself? And if so, what do, what do you do to uh, to change that? Well, I don't look at, you know, like we've talked about, your masculine energy isn't bad. And I think that's so important. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. say that um, we, we have a tendency as human beings, if there's a duality, we're going to assign some virtue. Like one has got to be better than the other. And they're really not. Um but what I what I find in myself and then what I'm always helping my clients attune to is what's in alignment with your highest and greatest good? Because if it's in alignment with your highest and greatest good, it's going to be good for everyone around you. Right. Um, that's a belief that I just kind of always uh, introduce to people and let them sort of play with it and see if it feels right to them. But um, it's more about just am I living in alignment um, where you said recognizing like, oh, wow, you know what? Actually, I'm really tired and I'm hungry and I am going to put this to rest. And being connected enough to that inner voice to actually feel comfortable to just set it down (laughs) later, you know, Um, that that is the biggest thing, because there will definitely be times, um, you know, where I'll get real enthusiastic about a project and I don't like try and like damper that. I'm like, okay, like this is yep. right. You know, just yesterday morning, I was laying in bed, still writing copy for this new program I'm about to launch. And I told my husband, I'm working. It's like five in the morning. I was like on my phone typing away because I just have all these ideas, you know? And um, I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a matter of being in tune. So, so then how do I know if I'm in tune? The biggest indicator for me is that I'm connected to what I really desire. So if I'm feeling like resentful or overwhelmed or burnt out, it's usually because I'm saying yes to things that I really should have said no to. Mm -hmm. And that could be, you know, that could be down to like making breakfast for the kids instead of just telling them to make their own. (laughs) (laughs) Or it can be big things, you know, like um, systems that I I brought into my business that I actually don't even feel like they're in alignment with my values or things like that. So it's just always that attunement. And, And that's what allows the flow. So then I can just, you know, I don't sit around thinking now I'm in masculine energy. Now I'm in feminine energy. But the awareness and the and the just um, constant intention to embody my true divinity is what keeps that whole flow happening. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of going back to that energy. It's feeling that energy, and sometimes it catches up with you. Like if you're not being mindful, right? <laughs> then you're like, oh my gosh, like yeah. And you know, I'll, my body will end up telling me if I've got you know, if I'm a little off balance, like, okay, maybe I need to chill today. <laughs> right? 
Yep. Biggest, yeah. biggest indicator of um, uh, stepping too far into masculine energy, tight shoulders. You got tight yes. shoulders and, and you go, it starts there and then it turns into tension headaches. That's all masculine energy driven because it's all about like all the things you have to do, all the weight that's on your shoulders in air quotes, right? Um, so that's always a great indicator to go, oh, wait a minute. What is my yeah. body telling me to do yeah. instead? And so you've got online courses too, right? Do you have mm-hmm. online courses? Yeah. Tell me about that. I have a whole range of, of things um, and different ways that people can work with me. Um, so I, yeah, I have a $100 course on Udemy um, all the way up to a $100,000 year-long um, mentorship wow. program with me and, uh, and uh, many things in between. Um, but uh, what I think I'm most excited about right now is this whole year I continued to hear messages about men like just from every corner, like, what about the men? Think about the men and stuff. And um, so I'm going to be launching an Understanding Men course here in the next couple of weeks. And I'm also going to be writing an Understanding Men book. Um, And I've been doing all these uh, interviews with men to really understand what their difficulties are around connection. And I thought that all these like kind of promptings from the universe were because I was supposed to start working with more men. But so far that that hasn't actually happened. What has happened is more women have been like, oh, I want to understand. <laughs> like, so, yeah. That, that's so, like you go research it and come back with your findings, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's so interesting. Though. I was just going to say, I have felt the same thing. Um, and I, I get, you know, from comments and messages I receive on social media and on the podcast, a lot of them are men. I mean, I feel like men are really trying to reach out and they're like, help, like, <laughs> and this, they're wanting to understand. And I feel like if they understand us more, it's going to help us and it helps the relationship. Hmm. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing I have seen that that this whole journey has brought me to is, like I mentioned in the beginning, I have a lot of wounding around the men in my life, and so, um, but but really stepping into my truth with the masculine feminine harmony and like really being open in intimacy to my husband and actually fully receiving him. Hmm. It, it allowed me to heal some of that to the point that I can now look out at other men, even men who have hurt me or men who have hurt my uh, family members or just men in general with a new set of eyes and a new set of understanding. Like, wait, why do they make the choices they make? And I've heard so many um, stories that I've like wept over what these men have gone through where before I probably would have heard it with a different lens. That masculine energy always had me like being like, well, suck it up, buddy. Like, you know, right. Um, Like, And what I've seen is there's a lot of good men paying the price for a lot of uh, bad men's decisions. You know, they're over here apologizing and like sacrificing like crazy just to try to prove that they're a good person while uh, while they aren't even the ones who did the things. Right. Right. Um, It's it's very unfair for men. So that's kind of the next layer for me. Well, and I feel like when you were telling me your story and even what I was reading last night, 
um, you're, you're breaking the cycle. You broke the cycle in your family, right? So that you're not passing down that same thing to your children. You're actually teaching them new things, right? And then the same thing for these men. I feel they're, they're trying to break that cycle. They're wanting to have a different experience in relationship and, you know, as a man and who they are. So I, I think that's great, though, to be able to tap into that and to figure out how to how to help them break that cycle. Mm, I love the yeah. way you that. Yeah, yeah. But you did. You you broke the cycle. I did. I have absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I know I had I had even read about your mom, and that just that I was sitting there in bed at three o'clock this morning crying like. Well, and you know what? I, the part that really, um, really hit my heart was when talking about, you know, tapping into that little girl Mm. and there's always that little girl within us that if you talk to her and she'll tell you and she'll break down that super masculine, you know, armor that we're carrying around. It's like, you don't have to do all that. You know, mm-hmm. so that, uh, that takes a lot of strength and courage to do what you did. So I admire that. I yeah. love to bring up the the inner child and that I do end up weaving yeah. that in quite a bit into this work because that's usually where our pattern started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point she just made a decision about what she was experiencing and like made a change and, you know, had it mean these things. And it was smart of her because she was surviving. It was like, okay, I get, I get it now. This is what I do to survive. But when yeah. we could go and meet her and like help her process those feelings and then kind of go back to the truth of who she is, like my inner child was just, um, when I was a little girl, I was wild. I was loud. I was um, constantly running through the desert with bare feet. Like, how do you even do that? There's like goat heads everywhere, you know, and catching lizards. And I constantly dreamed of flying. I dream- I would always dream that I would jump on my trampoline enough that eventually I would just lift off and I would soar over the town. <laughs> You know, that's who we really are. And literally, if we think that's like childish or woo-woo or whatever, we're missing out because she's the key to all the fun in our life, right? She's the one one who, when you're out on the boat and everybody's like, come on, just Mm -hmm. try it. Try wake surfing. Try, you know, whatever. Like, just do the thing. Like, let's go on the hike. Let's go put our heads under the waterfall. Like, she's the one inside of you that's like, please do it. (laughs) Well, I think before we hit record, we were talking about like my kids and I said, yeah, they're probably way more mature than I am, you know? But I mean, I've had people say to me about like looking, especially on my Instagram, like, oh my God, you're so childish. I'm like, yes, I know. I'm like, I love it. And I mean, I just think being an adult is so overrated. I'm like, why is it we have to like going back to that inner child and whether boy or girl, whatever, it's embrace that. Why, why I feel like we put these restrictions on us that, okay, once you hit this age, that child just goes bye-bye. It never does. And I feel like it's always in deep down. We know there's always that little voice, the inner child voice. It's like, yes, I want to jump off the boat. I want to go do this. I want to go do like, go do it. Like who cares? You know? So I think, uh, I think that's so important. Um, and I had made a realization actually, I had a, uh, I meet the most amazing people 
you know, on, on my podcast and I had a hypnotherapist and she, she was so nice. She gifted me with a session and I had a huge epiphany during that session and kind of touching into that, that inner child and that little girl, that same thing at the age of, you know, nine, 10 years old, I suddenly had to go from little girl to, okay, um, I got to take care of everything. And so she, now it's like, no, I don't need to, I, I don't have to have that big, you know, that strong, I don't need that anymore. Like it was good at that time. It served its purpose, but I can play. I don't have to always put, put a guard up, you know? Yeah. So you do child work too. Mm-hmm. Said. Play is our feminine. And, um, yeah. and actually all of our inner child, whether you're a man or a woman are more feminine. Like, cause mm-hmm. just think about the nature of children. They just need more. They're, you know, they're very like, help me, d- support me, take care of me, play right. with me. Um, they're less about responsibility and all of that stuff. So it like, it's good for all of us. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And there's so much innocence to yep. the to the inner child. And it's without labels and without limiting beliefs for the most part until those have really set in, you know, of mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not good enough and this and like and the child's not thinking those things. You're like, I just want to play. <laughs> and I think, you know, if you're like when you have had really difficult life experiences as an adult. You might be hearing this and thinking, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Like, wouldn't it be nice if I had some partner who could just come swoop in and carry me away and take care of everything? But I'm a single mom and I'm, you know, just struggling to make ends meet every month or whatever it is. And the reality is we hold the key. We don't have to wait for um, these tangible external factors to take care of us. And that's not to say that, I mean, I have deep compassion for single moms and I work with, you know, I work with people, whether they're single or married or, you know, whatever, but, um, but, but it, it, we are the ones that hold that key. We can't sit around and wait for somebody else to come in because even when we do get somebody who comes in and is like, no, here, let me do that for you. Or they give, you know, lavish you with compliments or whatever. And you find yourself like, no, 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 don't pay for my meals. No, I don't need you to hold my door. No, I don't need your help with anything like whatever. Right. So it, we hold the key. And what I found is it, in times when I have been the most alone, when I have felt the most abandoned and neglected when I accessed that, that feminine, that place of like, okay, like I surrender and I trust that whatever's happening to me is happening for a reason. And I will be taken care of. I can rest in the masculine energy that just exists in the universe. Like I am held and cherished and cared for. Even if there's not someone in my life saying, I cherish you, I adore you. Like I know now that that is just my reality. No matter what happens in my marriage or what happens in my business or whatever, I'm like, I am deeply held and cared for. And so, um, so we can all access this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think it's like having it. that harmony within yourself, no matter what is going yeah. on around you. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't obviously can't control what's going on around you all the time. So even if things do get a little masculine in your environment, you can yeah. still be harmonious with your own feminine and masculine energy. Yeah. 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 
And I love the, um, the analogy that I always go back to with masculine and feminine is that it's like a river and a riverbed. So the masculine is the riverbed. And I picture Sedona because we just uh, were there not last summer and uh, there's the slide rock where you like you can it's like all these water slides literally made out of the rocks they're so cool so I picture you know Sedona and these like rocks and the rocks are the masculine the um the structure the support that guides the water and then the water is the feminine and if if the water had no riverbed it would be a mess it would just go everywhere it wouldn't know what to do but it has this riverbed it has this structure and this support that then allows it to flow easily. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we get to do in our lives. You know, um, when you find yourself in situations where you know the buck stops with you, you know that, you know, you got to be in charge. If you set up the proper systems and supports in place to be that riverbed for you, then mm-hmm. you can just flow through your life because you've already set up what you need in place. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, just with that analogy, they both need each other. The riverbed needs the water. And I mean, the water needs the riverbed. So they, it's the yin and yang, the yin or yin, is the yin and yang or yin and yang? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is so amazing. I was telling you before we hit record that I was waiting for someone to have on the show to talk about feminine energy and intimacy and the importance of really owning that goddess within you. That is, that's what really changed for me in my life after my breakdown. Should we we just talk about sex for just a minute? (laughs) (laughs) We've covered all these things about masculine and feminine. And I think it's so, um, it's so pertinent. So, so often what I will see this pattern plays out is when a woman is more in masculine energy, she's out of balance. Oftentimes, like I said, her partner will show up in eventually more yin or feminine energy. And that can be a total killer to your sex drive. Yeah. So a lot of times these women who are very, um, you know, type A personality, go getter, maybe a little high strung or, you know, controlling in this will have a totally shut down sex drive. And it's because of this imbalance. And so um, a lot of people don't know that, you know, yeah. and and I think it's so important to say because a lot of times, you know, you'll be thinking, well, I was turned on by this partner like in the beginning, but why am I not anymore? Like what has happened? And they'll start to think like, what's wrong with me? I've even helped women who are going through menopause or whatever, like, you don't have to disconnect from your sex drive. And what I often say about this and how it relates to then being kind of in your divine identity is women are the only mammals with a pleasure organ. Mm. Like take that in. Men don't have a pleasure organ. We have a literal organ for pleasure. That's the purpose. (laughs) Nice. I love it. Right. So as we allow ourselves to kind of um, reclaim our sensuality, Mm. go after our, our pleasure and our desires that can re um, uh, reignite in a new and really beautiful way. And yeah. it, it, may, it doesn't necessarily have to do with, you know, giving your partner what he wants or needs or whatever. Right. It's about you just getting to have what you want in your own body. 
Right. Detaching and letting go. And I guess going back to the river, letting that, not to make a rhyme, but letting that flow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Gotta let that flow. Yeah. And I tell you, even for me, that, that changed for me as well. Cause I always had to be so masculine in my marriage and now I'm divorced, but that really made a quick shift there. Once I was like, wait a minute, like, I don't, you know, once I tapped more into my femininity, femininity, then I was able to relax more uh, with a man and to be more detached and to let go. And it makes a huge difference. Well, yeah, if you're living a hundred percent of your, of your life, like feeling like you have to be on and in charge. And then there's this one time in your life, sex, when you're supposed to totally surrender and be open and receptive and be all about pleasure all of a sudden, even though your whole life is full of tasks and to do's like, it makes sense that that would feel like trying to jump across the Grand Canyon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot of, you know, then that weaves into the work that I do, that these women will, you know, kind of like get more in tune with their whole pleasure and how it unfolds and how, you know, what turns them on and all of that. And then when they're showing up turned on in, you know, at home and in these aspects of the li- their life, of course, they're showing up turned on more in the workplace and they become more yeah. magnetic to clients and opportunities. And so it absolutely has a direct effect on you in the workplace. I know that um, actually when I tap the most into my feminine energy, I made the most amount of money. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I did like, it was wild. I was like, let's just keep this sucker flowing. Let's keep the river flowing. I was like, I'm loving this. I'm like, yeah. So that really, it, it really does have a huge ripple effect on your entire life and your relationships. I even think like your, you know, your girlfriends will notice like, ah, like she's, you know, they, they even there's that. I feel like those relationships change and yep. the relationship with your children, all of that changes. Yep. In good and happy ways, in wonderful yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy. This has been awesome. Even with puppy and all. I'm like, she's <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I could hear her up there. I was like, oh God. I'm like, well, you know, like we were saying, but I must have jinxed it. I was like, she's never done this any any interview. And I was like, I shouldn't have said, hopefully she'll stay quiet. Like, oh well. <laughs> So tell everyone of her on the graphic with you and me. (laughs) I know exactly. I'm like, well, this will be fun. YouTube will like it. Um, So tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. So if you're on Facebook, you can easily go search up Women Manifesting Intimacy. And that's my free Facebook group where there are business women who are desire greater intimacy in their lives. Um, And that's a great way to to get connected. I also have a free intimacy guide on my website, which Uh is www.melissakeenan.com. Just one L, one S. And um and on that uh, free intimacy guide, it it sort of takes you through some of those first initial steps that I was talking about, about feeling your feeling your emotions and stuff. It even has a little inner child part woven into oh. it. Yep. So, um, and it's a great tool that you can kind of move through quickly. And at the end, you come up with, you you create this intimacy or what I call into me see with yourself, like a real mm-hmm. understanding of what you're experiencing and what you really want. 
And then you come up with a statement that you have the option to share with someone else to like actually let someone else into what you're thinking and feeling and be a little bit vulnerable and experience intimacy with someone else. Ah, awesome. And I can't wait for the new book. Yes, I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I do have two other um, books out that uh, were multi-author um, contributions. So we have one called Younger Self Letters, and it was a USA Today bestseller. And then, um, and that goes even deeper into like accessing the feminine um, and the masculine as a child through some of those really difficult things I went through. I, I like writing that felt huge, monumental for me. And then my husband and I actually co-authored a chapter in a book called Uncensored, Untamed, Unleashed. And you can find that on Amazon. You can find both of them on Amazon. So you definitely practice what you preach because <laughs> you are definitely doing all these things and keeping your feminine power so strong. So I, I admire that. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. And I, I can't wait to talk again. Thank you. Me too. Bye. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, grief never goes away. You just get used to carrying it. Number two, no matter what other people did around you or want from you, it doesn't matter. Your sole purpose is to experience happiness and fulfillment. Do whatever you can to experience that. Number three, the darkness can bring you into a place of humility. And if open enough, those dark moments will show how you contribute to your own misery. So true. Number four, Access your feminine energy by noticing when you are feeling discomfort and taking a moment to pause and feel it within your feminine energy. Number five, the masculine energy is all about doing and the feminine energy is all about being. Number six, what's in alignment with your highest and greatest good? What is good for you will be good for those around you. Number seven, biggest indicator of too much masculine energy is tight shoulders and tension headaches. Number eight, being an adult is so overrated. Bring your inner child out to play. Play is your feminine energy. Thank you so much, Melissa. Our chat certainly inspired me. With as busy as I have been lately with this podcast and writing a new book, I have been using a lot of masculine energy to get things done. It's important for me to tap more into my feminine energy and relax a little. Ah, yes. <laughs> for everyone listening, think of some ways in which you can tap more into your masculine or feminine energies to bring you more in harmony within your life. Okay, midlifers, get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.